0: Hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, the podcast aims to root you in Christ through His Word. Together, I am your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we end our study of the book of Jonah in chapter four. It has been an odd journey through the book of Jonah because Jonah is an interesting book. It's a book that most people don't really know what to actually do with, and that's in part because of what happens in this chapter. Because chapter four doesn't really End. I mean, I want you to think about this. Chapter four ends with God telling Jonah the prophet, the man of God, right, as he's supposed to be, and God is telling him, "Do you not care about this city with over twenty thousand innocent people in it? You're angry that I'm going to re- I'm going to bestow grace upon them." The end. And we would have to stop and go oh, how is that an ending to a book how is th- what is how are you supposed to teach that i mean imagine this is the sunday school lesson you've been given this is an odd ending and it and it really is one of those books that can be a little challenging to know what to do with it what how do how am i supposed to read and understand a book that ends without ending meaning it it doesn't in the way we think it should end. It should end with Jonah saying, yes, God, you were glorious and you were good and, and you were right to display grace on whoever you want to display grace upon, but it doesn't end that way. It ends with Jonah sour because God has shown grace to a wicked people. So here's the question, and this is, and if you've wondered, by the way, why it ends that way, it is because it drops the, a question into our hands. It drops into our hands a challenge. What are we going to do about the grace of God? Are we going to tell people or not tell people? Will we be like Jonah, who are supposed to be God's people, who are supposed to tell people about a loving god who are supposed to make worshipers out of every corner of this earth are we going to do that or are we going to get sour because god has shown grace to somebody we personally don't like it challenges us to see beyond ourselves ah There is the real key of the story. Jonah cannot see beyond himself, and often we cannot see beyond ourselves, our comforts, our wants, and our desires. Ouch, that hurts, right? When we read Scripture, it hurts sometimes because the Bible does not exist to make us feel warm and fuzzy about everything we do and every decision we make because it's not about us. It's not about how we feel. It's not about us feeling good about ourselves. It is us seeing ourselves as sinful, broken people and seeing God as a gracious and merciful God who is mighty to save, who reaches out, undeservedly offers grace and salvation and redemption to a wayward people. That is what the Bible is about. It is the story of God's love for the broken people of this earth. And by the way, that's every single person on this planet, including you and me. We're broken. We're undeserving of God's grace and His love, and yet He loves us, and yet He decides to display that love to us, and He showed it in the person of Christ. He showed it by sending Christ, to Jesus, to live amongst people who hated him. I mean, imagine God putting on human flesh. That's humility enough, and then being rejected by the very people He created that He's trying to redeem and rescue. And then they put Him on a cross, His body broken. He's, he dies, and they lay Him in a tomb, and on the third day, He rolls out alive and victorious over death so that we too can have victory over death through His Resurrection. Amen. And the book of Jonah challenges us to take that message to the world and to take that message to the unlovables and the unlikables. Because that's what it's all about. Because we're all unlikable and we're all ultimately unlovable in a sense. Now, I know that's not warm fuzzies, but it's truth. We're broken. But God is good to redeem us, and God is good to restore us. You see, God in this chapter, I know you're like, it's five minutes in, where where are we going to read the text? God will teach Jonah an important object lesson in this chapter. So we're going to see the heart of a wayward prophet. We really are. We're going to see just how broken this wayward prophet is, and it's going to challenge us. Are we the same? Will we be the same? So, I mean, there it is. The conclusion of the book is this. Oh, that we would celebrate God's graciousness, that our hearts should, no, not really should, must align with our holy God. You see, chapter 4 ends with that challenge I was telling you about. Will we see people with God's eyes or with our own sinful eyes. You see, Jonah's eyes were only focused on himself, his comforts, his wants, and his desires. So how I want to do that is I want you to again lock it on our keyword, which is God appointed. He's gonna appoint a plant, he's gonna appoint he's going to appoint a worm and appoint a wind in this chapter. There's a lot of appointing. God is doing all these things. But I also want you to lock in on the double use of the word exceedingly, because most of your English Bibles will say exceedingly. It's a key word here. Uh, It says, you you will see exceedingly. He's exceedingly displeased of God's grace, and he's exceedingly glad for the plant which is going to provide him shade, and comfort. So he's displeased with the things he should be pleased about, and he's glad about the things that I get he should be glad about, but he's missing the point of the object lesson. So it says, verse 1, Remember, this is in the context of a great nationwide revival. These people, even up to the king, have repented and they're wearing sackcloth and ashes and they're mourning for their sin and their evil ways. And this is beautiful stuff, and God has displayed grace upon them. They've repented. He should be excited. Jonah, should. it should read, and Jonah was greatly excited. He was greatly relieved, or he was greatly amazed at God's goodness, but it does not say that. It says Jonah was greatly, or it may read exceedingly displeased and became furious. So again, if your Bible says exceedingly, you're probably reading the ESV, or it might say greatly if you're reading the CSB or any of those words. But again, we want to lock in on exceedingly or greatly. He's greatly displeased. And in fact, it says he's furious. He's very angry at the grace of God. Just try to understand that for a moment. God has been gracious to a wayward people and he's displeased and angry. The heart of a wayward prophet, it's broken, it's twisted, it's opposite of what it should be. Verse 2, he prayed to the Lord. Now what is he going to pray? He's displeased and he's angry and he prays, please Lord, isn't this why isn't this what I thought while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled to Tarshish in the first place. Why? Because I knew you would be gracious. I mean, I'm, again, his heart, as he's praying, notice he's praying very openly to God. He's not trying to use flowery language or or deceive God because you can't deceive God. But he's very honest, and it reveals his heart that, I mean, he's, he's displeased, he's furious, and he's he's telling God, this is why I ran from you. This is why I've been wayward. This is why I've been such a troublemaker, because I knew you were gracious, and I did not want that grace to go to those people. And he says some beautiful things about God, but it's ironic that it's in the context of he doesn't like these wonderful things about God. He says in verse 4, he goes, or verse two, rather. I knew that you were, a, you are a gracious God, and you're a compassionate God, and you're slow to anger, and abounding in faithful love, and the one who relents from sending disaster. Now, here's the thing: that those should all be wonderful, wonderful things, and yet we have a wayward prophet who is anything but excited about this. He's angry. Verse three, and now, Lord. Take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. He's so frustrated, he's so angry, he's so displeased, he's so just not happy that he's like, God, I'd rather die than than deal with this graciousness that you're displaying to these people. Kill me. And so the Lord has this conversation with him, which anytime God speaks to man, It is an act of grace. I want you to see that. That God even responding to Jonah here is grace upon grace. And he says, the Lord asked, Is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah left the city. I guess he you know he gets miffed and he does what a toddler would do, and when they're angry they leave the room. And he left the city and he found a place east of it, and he made himself a shelter there, and he sat in its shade to see what would happen to the city. He's still holding out hope that God's going to destroy them anyway. Again, brokenness. So he's sitting under his own shelter, and God appointed there's that word, a plant, and it grew over Jonah, and it provided great shade for his head and rescue to rescue him from his trouble. I mean, this is again grace. And by the way, trouble there could be translated disaster or even evil, right? His evil, because he's been evil, he's been disastrous, he's been trouble this whole time. And God Still shows grace by appointing this big plant. Now, it's an object lesson, but it provides comfort. And watch this Jonah was greatly or exceedingly pleased with the plant. He's displeased exceedingly or greatly with God's graciousness, but he is pleased with the plant. Why? Because it's his comfort. He's comfortable. See, God's grace can sometimes be uncomfortable, especially when it's given to people. We don't like. So there's the object lesson. We don't like those people. Oh, I don't want them to have grace. It's uncomfortable, but yet we want our own comfort, and we're pleased with our own comforts, but we're displeased sometimes when God provides grace to people we don't like, and that is more about our hearts than it is anybody else's. Verse 7 When the dawn came the next day, God appointed, there's that word again, a worm that attacked the plant, and it withered. So in a day it grew up, and a day it died. As the rise as the sun was rising, God also appoints a scorching east wind, so a very hot wind. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head, so so much so that he almost fainted. I mean, this is hot, this is rough for Jonah, and he wanted to die yet again. Now he wants to die because he's uncomfortable. Again, he goes, it's better for me to die than to live. That's a phrase he's used more than a few times in this book. And then God asked Jonah, here's the object lesson. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Now notice, he's asked this before in verse 4 of chapter 4. He said, is it right for you to be angry that I've been gracious? And Jonah doesn't answer, he leaves. And now God asks, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he says, yes, it is. It is right for me to be angry. I'm angry enough to die. He's like, I'm serious about being angry. <laughs> he's, he's very serious about his anger. And so God says, uh, and the Lord said, you cared about the plant. Which you you did not labor over and did not grow. It appeared in a night and perished in a night. But may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which is, by the way, far more important than your plant, Jonah, which is more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left? That is the innocent saying, innocent people, very innocent people, as well as many animals. Should I not care, Jonah, about those things? More so than you care about a plant that I appointed you did nothing for, it appeared in a night, it disappeared in a night, and you're gonna tell me that I shouldn't care more for those innocent people who can't tell the right from the left. These these would be people like children, like little young children. And he's saying, Should I not care about them, Jonah? And Jonah essentially says No, and that's where the book ends. It ends actually with God making that challenge to Jonah, and Jonah does not get to answer in his book because what it does is it takes that challenge and lays it in our own hands. Is it right for you, reader of the book of Jonah, listener of this podcast, person doing the podcast, is it right for you? to care more about your comfort, things that maybe you lost and now you're uncomfortable with than it is for me to care for lost and dying people. That's the challenge. You know, I hate this phrase, but it's an important phrase here. Check your heart, right? It, it It calls us to check our heart. Will we see the lost around us? Will we care for them? See, Jonah is uncomfortable to the point of death. We often are uncomfortable. We may say, you know, J- Jonah's a bit of a drama queen. I'm, To be honest, he's saying, oh, I'm uncomfortable to the point of death, but we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been uncomfortable over something that really wasn't within our control anyway, and we've said, oh, I'm so uncomfortable, I could just die. Maybe we didn't use those words, but we were very dramatic in our language and in our prayers. And and, and I also would say it's, it's good to be honest with God in prayer. I'm not saying that that's something we shouldn't do but you know sometimes we can be we, we can we can be drama drama right we can have drama and and jonah is is a bit of a diva here right? and he's he's doing that thing where he's just making a mountain out of a molehill and and yet ironically not seeing that how much more so should he be upset with his heart and so here's the thing and this is again the challenge Jonah's uncomfortable to the point of death. We've been there. We've been uncomfortable. We've been angry because we're uncomfortable. But do we and are we uncomfortable with how we are not reaching and not engaging the people around us for Jesus? That's the challenge, the book of Jonah. That's why it ends the way it does, so that it drops this in our hands. So should we care for people as God cares deeply for people? The answer, of course, is yes, are we is the question you must ask yourself and I must ask myself. This book challenges us to seek God over comfort, to seek God's grace over comfort, to extend God's grace through sharing of the gospel over our comfort. I'm stepping on my own toes here, and they hurt because there's the key right it will we share the gospel even if it makes us uncomfortable even if it calls us far from home or it calls us away from a comfortable job or house or life or area of the world and calls us to go calls us to go somewhere that maybe we don't want to go to people we don't want to talk to will we love god more than our comfort will we love the lost more than our comfort it's a challenge to love with God's heart? Will you love with God's heart? Jonah, the book, drops these questions right into our hands and asks the question, what will you do with it? Thank you for joining me in Rooted Together podcast. I look forward to joining you in the book of Luke next time. I'll see you there.